Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Are you tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Just watch me love myself That's all I want Got what I want That's all I want I'm not sorry I'm Claire Fallon And I'm Emma Gray And this is Love to See It, an obsessively detailed recap podcast about The Bachelor and other pop culture that makes us laugh, cry, and curse the patriarchy. We can't live with these shows and we can't live without them, but we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex, and dating. Welcome, everyone, to Love to See It. Katie's journey as Bachelorette has come to an end in much the same fashion, I would say, as Hemingway once said he went bankrupt, gradually and then suddenly. This week, we expected to be fantasy suites week, uh, and yet it also gave us the finale, from proposal to after the final rose special, and Katie's happy ending. Yes. Uh, And I almost want to pause to giggle at that because I feel it's very much in the spirit of Katie and Blake's relationship to giggle at something like that. But I'm going to be very serious here and say Katie and Blake are in love. They're engaged. They're shouting it from the mountaintops of New Mexico. It was a beautiful finale. And to talk through this final week of their love story with us, we're joined by longtime friend of the pod, Brett Vergara. Brett, thanks for joining us. That's me. And wait, what are you talking about? This is the first time I've been on this pod. <laughs> yeah, you're very new <laughs> yeah, to this. We, I'm, I'm who even guest. are you? We don't even know you. And frankly, I just feel grateful to have a trusted friend here to, to just shepherd us through this finale, which was really just an exercise in emotional whiplash, frankly. That, that's um, that's a lot of responsibility for someone who feels very lost with their feelings yeah. of how to of what I just watched. Sorry, you're in charge. <laughs> no take backs. No take backs. That's okay, how it all works. Right, sounds good. Um, the way that they've started structuring these finales makes, I think, a lot of in- intuitive sense that they cut back and forth with sort of live hot seat reactions. But um, it was not the easiest to digest this episode, I think largely because of the unconventional nature of the structure of however yes. left. Um, because then we end up, despite the way that they kind of structure it 
to avoid this, you end up going straight from her happy proposal to her very painful conversation with one of the non-winners on the couch. Um, it was a, it was a lot to a lot of up and down emotionally, but we just got to get into it. So we open in the studio. They're having like a live style finale special, although they have already filmed it. Like it isn't live as it has sometimes been in the past, but there is an audience. Caitlin and Tasha are, are in sparkly mini dresses. I mean, the Caitlin Tasha outfits were a real highlight of this entire episode for me. Just A plus. Yeah. Yeah, they no, really absolutely. went for it. Especially the AFR outfits. Oh yeah. I, I love when they I love when they do a coordinated look just to yes. be like so good. We're a set. Um FYI. The same, um, but different. <laughs> And we get a a quick look back at Katie's journey, the recent departures, Michael and Greg. And then we cut back to the studio and Katie's on the couch already. We're like 30 seconds into the show. (laughs) Back on the couch. I'm like, oh, my God. AFR already. We're right back Uh, to the suck, guys. We're right back. Guys, as I said, whiplash. Um, Katie is in just like a white mini dress with silver mirrored embellishments. It was very like. Sexy bridal. Yeah. This this is like the 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 reception dress, you know? Or yeah. the bachelorette party dress. Uh I always appreciate it. Appreciate that look. And Caitlin asks her if any part of her felt like it was her fault. And she says, In the moment, absolutely. I regretted not responding differently. I kept replaying on my head. What did I do that was so massive for somebody that was? And she does massive air quotes in love with me mm-hmm. to turn around and want to leave. It's sad. She's talking about the the self-doubt and the emotional pain of of being of having a, a breakup that happens in this this very painful form that like he was not being he was not kind to her in that in that fight. Right. I think something else that she spoke to, which is how kind of raw she was even going into that like week of dates because Michael had also just left. And so not only was that breakup very painful and was Greg cruel to her, but also she, you know, was already sort of feeling extra vulnerable and a little bit rejected because of what had happened with Michael. And that's not a connection that I'd quite made before Mm -hmm. because, you know, so much happens on this show and things drag out that it's hard for us to get a sense of time. But I really related to her when she said she, you know, she started to question her worth. You know, I, I'm like glad you bring that up too, because I'm over here, like I'll go on a couple of like hinge dates in a row. And like, if that doesn't really work out, then I'll get like defeated. I'm like, okay, I'm going into like dating retirement for like a month or two, because that was enough for me. I'm feeling burned and out. And they're all sleep deprived. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, you make a good point because I think, I, I don't often think of it this way, but like most people get dumped by the lead, but they're only at risk of getting dumped by one person, Max, during yeah. this process, unless they're Blake and they get dumped by both Caitlin and, uh, or, or uh, Tasha and Claire. <laughs> but like most people, you know, you're on The Bachelorette, you're only going to get dumped by one person. But The Bachelorette is vulnerable to potentially like up to 30 people dumping her, you know, yeah. if they all decided to leave. And that's, that's a lot to take in. It's a lot to, to, to be dumped more than once while you're on this journey. And then we do return to her journey. She is still 
going through it. We see her lying in bed. I really, my heart was just like, I see you, Katie, lying in bed, recovering from a tough breakup. Um, oh, I would the morning, the morning for after for maybe yeah. like a semester <laughs> or two. And um, I say, because I really remember seemingly spending a semester in bed after a breakup and she has to get up. She has to make the decision. Am I going to fly home or am I going to continue? And she decides to continue. Meanwhile, Justin and Blake seemingly just, like, have no idea what's going on. And what I, like, I realized we never really see them, I think, be informed of Michael leaving. Like, clearly they must know. They're all still together. But it's, like, kind of unclear to me what has been communicated to them and by whom. And also, like, how often they're actually being brought together. Like, they're, because they're in separate rooms. It's very, it is very confusing. And it's interesting. Like, we see them ultimately be informed that Greg left, but right. then... and they already seem, like, kind of aware that something's off because he's not there, and and yet they're, n- they're not sure that he's gone. So it seems like Greg has not said goodbye to them. It's just, like, a confusing thing to me, what's going on. And if on you're hearing, like, you know, like, the, the fourth person, the third person are uh, sending themselves home, like, it feels like probably, like, the day after each other, essentially. Then you're like, should I go home? Like, what's happening? Why is everyone going <laughs> yeah. home? Like, is that, are we all just wrapping this up? Like, should I Have get they been informed home? of some kind of carbon monoxide leak? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, is this an evacuation? I don't know exactly what's <laughs> going on here. There's an evacuation order in place, and they're just, like, hoping we won't notice. You know what I will say? A quick thing that I noticed, and this makes a lot of sense, is obviously they were both, like, very confused and just like flustered like what's going on i did notice a very slight smile from blake when he found out that greg uh, had gone home he's like and one more down yeah no well because like i mean it makes a lot of sense to, it's like not even necessarily one more down. i mean i guess you'd never know what they're feeling like in the moment but I, and i guess like you don't know what they see too but I mean, it's very clear for all of us, the connections that were the strongest were, mm-hmm. you know, especially here, uh, where it's like Blake and, and Greg. So I'm sure that like once Blake heard that, it's like, well, this is like looking good. He's baby. like, it's probs yeah. gonna yeah. be me. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, Taisha and Caitlin come in and they're like, look, what we're about to tell you will actually change everything. We know we say this a lot, but this <laughs> yeah. is a real thing. And they're like, Greg has left. Katie is emotionally devastated and struggling. And they are both just shaken. But Tasha's like, look, it's okay. Blake and Justin, your journeys are going to continue. And you're going to get the opportunity to spend uninterrupted quality time with Katie. The men are pleased and yet also really confused and shaken to their cores. What's interesting is that this doesn't actually really seem to change anything. Like, there's no rose ceremony. But, like, we have seen the end of A Bachelorette be much more changed at this point. It's not like, oh, we're canceling a trip or, like, we're reordering the dates. It's literally just, like, everything's going to change. You two are continuing your journey as planned. <laughs> They're just, like, no need to go to perhaps the next two rose ceremonies. They don't, But they don't even <laughs> like, mention the rose ceremony. I, for, I didn't even realize that they had skipped it until later when Justin mentions it. And it is a little bit odd. They've gotten very cavalier about the rose ceremonies. Yeah. They're just like, I guess we don't need one. Yeah. I, I think that was literally the only thing that really changed. It's like, there's going to be a slight difference in semantics. But yeah, otherwise, yeah. like, business as usual. <laughs> yeah. They go uh, right into Blake's 
fantasy suite date, essentially, with Katie. And they meet uh, out in the wilderness. There are a bunch of hay bales set up in sort of a, a battlefield obstacle course um, for a paint balloon battle, just, just like uh, Julia Stiles and Heath Ledger. And one of I my you. favorite rom-com bonding scenes of all time. Uh, <laughs> it's adorable. I, I see Katie, too, as a sort of Julia Stiles in, in 10 Things I Hate About You figure. It works. It's very, like, you might think that she's not, like, a rom-com lead because she's so, like, tough and, like, outspoken. But she, but she is. actually is. There's a soft <laughs> underbelly. Yeah. Um, and afterwards, they get into a hot tub that is just set up conveniently nearby. Well, as you it's do. It's actually a natural yeah, feature of the landscape. <laughs> and... They briefly remember their first date, horseback riding, in this very area. How far did they ever even go from the the main building? She's like, remember this place? And I'm like, you are all here all yeah, it's the like, time. You're always like within the perimeter, I think. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, like we just, we've always been here. <laughs> yeah, I remember it. I'm here 100% of my life now. And uh, Katie at this point gives Blake the quick rundown of how Michael and Greg both chose to leave in fairly quick succession. And she says quite openly to Blake, you know, I thought Greg would be here until basically the end. I thought he would probably meet my family. And when he left, part of me wanted to quit. Yeah. And Blake looks very serious. And then Katie says, but I want to continue with this process with you and Justin. And Blake says, that's a lot. And then they make out. And I was like, show me the rest of this conversation, please. I know, I know that's not what happened. That felt so weird. Like, he was just like, yeah, that's a lot. Like, he had no reaction to her. And I was like, I can't imagine that was where it I'm ended. sure they exchanged more than 15 <laughs> words in this hot tub. And I yet, would imagine. It's all we see. Like, they're constantly cutting to them making out. Yeah. And I'm like, Give me a little, give me a little bit more here. It sort of has shades of uh, the edit that Rachel and Brian. Got. Yes. Mm, Big yeah, time. Yeah. Right. Where it's like all of a sudden at the very end, it's like, hey, look, they're together, even though you wouldn't really assess it because we cut out everything. <laughs> and it seems to be in service of the same sort of move, which is like, oh, the runner up is the person that she had actual conversations with and a connection with that was emotionally complex. And then there's just that guy she made out with and they never said three words to each other, but she ended up engaged to that guy. Um, and then they try to be like, it's romantic. And it's like, you should have given us more. We'll, uh, we'll like definitely get into this more. But I think, you know, when I look at Katie and Blake's connection, you know, because I do think Katie and Greg had uh, a connection. It was just a very different one. Um, but with Katie and Blake, I think it's a lot more secure, which is like why it's getting that sort of like, oh, yeah, like where is all like the missing footage of, of like the conversations you're having? One uh, note of like how that conversation came up too is like I did respect that like Blake asked like, how are you feeling like given everything that's happened this week? And granted, you never know yeah. like, how there's certain things are edited, but, you know, because like knowing that that wasn't going to be delightful to hear. And like, let's just talk about Michael and Greg. Like, I would love to bring that upon uh, this hot tub. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I thought it was <laughs> it was like uh, emotionally cognizant. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was good of Katie to be, be honest. honest about what had happened, because I think it's easy for leads to sort of paper over things in the mm -hmm. moment. But it's like, if you're going to be with someone in the end, they're going to watch this back. So like, best yeah. to just... 
say what the thing is. And I thought that that was smart and likely like set them up for greater success yeah. later on. I yeah. was pretty fascinated by the fact that then in the ITM, Blake seems a little bit yeah, surprised by how much she felt with Greg. He, he says when she said that, it made me think, okay, probably underestimated the amount she <laughs> cared about or thought about Greg. That was the first time I was completely off as to where I thought her head was at. And I thought that was really fascinating. Because yeah. I think that every, like, he's been positioned as a front runner. Katie has talked about him as a front runner. Mm. And Blake seems pretty aware of what's going on generally. And I was like, who else did you think that she was really yeah. interested in, if not Greg at this point? Other Maybe than he was like, just, just me. Just me. <laughs> Definitely just me. So at that point, the day date wraps up. Um, and it's time for fantasy suite date night. And Blake is ready to tell her that he loves her. And uh, even though he has this little thing in his head that was like, maybe she doesn't love me if she almost quit because another guy left. But like, I'm just going to tell her. Hope for the best. <laughs> it's like, this was and, the plan that I was going into. And like, we're just going full <laughs> steam ahead with that course of action. Blake commits. We will say that yeah, for him. Yeah. He was like, I'm here. What's going to be served by not telling her? You know, like yeah. we're still doing this. And they sit, and they just put us right into it. He has a whole um, speech prepared. He says, you know, you told me what happened with these two guys. You are clearly hurt. Those relationships meant a lot to you. I assume they said things to you that made you feel certain. I would never tell you I was falling in love with you and then get up and leave. And he says, I don't play games with love. There's reasons why I hold on to that word. And there's a small handful of people that I share that with. My mom, my dad now, but I never used to. And he says, you know, just like his dad used to do, he has been with Katie trying to express his feelings in other ways, like through showing affection. And it's easier for him than using the word. Um, his family, he says, was very confused by this, as we remember. And he says, but love doesn't come because everything seems perfect. Love comes with feeling. I knew Profound. Like, it all. Yeah. Profound. <laughs> love? It's a feeling. It is oh a feeling. Oh, my God. Mind-blowing. And he talks about the love that he felt from her at Hometowns, the way she softly kissed his neck, looked at him. But it was one part of the night that solidified things for me. It was when you took off your high heels and we were playing hockey. You scored a point. You were backpedaling and your hands were in the air and you yelled, Go America! And I just realized, mm -hmm. fuck, I love her. Um, and he says, it's scary to say because I promised myself that I wouldn't say it to anybody unless I was sure. But I've been telling you all along that I have been. I love you. And I'm really fucking excited about life with you. So now we know Blake loves American imperialism. <laughs> it's like, He's yeah, it's kind really of like a little bit it. of a, uh, yeah, a little bit of a dark time to suddenly realize. <laughs> like, oh, just kidding. Just kidding. It, it, I thought that this was actually very, it was very sweet. It takes a strong man to admit yeah. that he can love an American person right now with <laughs> that's, everything that's going on. You know on what? That world. is a great point, Claire, because none of us are looking real great right now. So. And he's not even like putting it out of his, his mind. He's like, I see that. I accept I center it. it. She I is honor it. <laughs> I honor that. That to me is 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 a real relationship moment. Yeah. Like yeah. when you're doing something that isn't an elaborate date with like fireworks you're just doing something you do with your friends and family and you look over and you're like fuck I'm so happy this person is here and I liked how specific he was about it like again we 
we do see so much sort of taken from a bachelor bachelorette playbook in terms of the language people use on this show. So it always stands out to me when someone expresses their emotions in a in a different way. And I I love that he called out like when you kissed my neck, like just these things yeah. that were like little moments that, you know, yeah. meant something to big him. moment, big moment for neck kissing this season as a whole. There's been a lot of significant significant neck kissing moments this episode in particular there was lots of neck kissing moments oh well, yeah. i think katie is like We've into neck kissing. yeah <laughs> she's i i think it was it justin on a date with justin maybe where he kissed her neck and she yeah she was and very, she called it out she was very yeah. into it everyone on this season they were like we need a bunch of neck kissers <laughs> then katie responds like really in kind and she says I'm speechless because as you're talking about love and sharing it, I'm really relating. I'm like, yes, I haven't said it to anybody. I've held that close. It's a huge word. And as much as I want to be stubborn and just like you, it's scary and it's crazy, but I fucking love you so much and I couldn't be happier that you're here. And then they make out. Yeah. I got I got emotional at that moment. I got emotional. I got emotional, moment. but I was also a little shook because I was like, Justin's still there. And her whole <laughs> yeah. thing was like, I will not ever yeah. say the word love until the end. Well, I think in that moment, Justin was not there. It, like in well, her mind, right. Justin in her mind. <laughs> I feel like there Justin needed to be eliminated. a constant like snapping of the rubber band throughout this early yeah. part of the episode. Like snap, Justin's still here. Snap, you got to deal with Justin. <laughs> like, I wonder if on some level there was maybe an emotional reaction to being like this rule has not served me as much as I wanted. And like, here I am with a man that I am feeling so much gratitude for and love for. And like, do I actually want to like go back to this rule again and worry that I'm not going to handle not saying the word right when I could just say it. And, and I think she did the the right thing. I think so too. too. I do wish that there, that she had been a little freer with, derivatives of it Mm, because I do think it was it's hard to keep men who are very close to an engagement with feeling like there is like genuine reciprocity in your relationship if you can't give them any emotion like words if you can't say like I'm falling in love with you or anything like that and um and that's tough because this show absolutely depends on forcing the lead to pretend that they're feeling the same thing for all of their finalists um and to convince all their finalists that they feel equal possibility in all of them um without necessarily giving them like the toolkit to reciprocate in the ways that humans want in a relationship. And that's really hard. I think that's such a good point and something that I felt like is a little bit missing in in the conversations that have been happening in the fandom. Um, You're dealing with all of these people making decisions and sometimes behaving poorly. And then you're also operating within this like larger structure that is sort of invisibly playing a role in that, but then like not quite taking responsibility for it this show will never take responsibility all right let's uh (laughs) let's move let's finish their fantasy suite date uh katie takes out the card and they head on in together and katie's so happy she's like i get to go into the fantasy suite with a guy that i love they feed each other cake she eats some chocolate cake in a really sexy manner and he's like don't do that all hot like that like that's their vibe they're all he's all they're always being like very 
flirtatious and like suggestive with each other. And it's, it's, listen, it's sweet. And lights go off and we cut back to the studio. And Caitlin's like, wow, what a turn of events. Yeah, I feel like things <laughs> turned around super fast for Katie since we were last in the studio, uh, which is great. When we return to Blake and Katie, they are in bed. They seem to have a really good night. They eat pancakes in bed together. She's like, mm, maple syrup. <laughs> and he's like, yes, I love maple syrup. Thank you. A great um, callback. Vibes are really good. And uh, I think we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with more. Can you keep up? I like love If you want to bring coziness into your life, uh, and I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> Turn to Barefoot Dreams, especially right now, because the brand is celebrating their 30th anniversary. With those 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams celebrates being the originators of everyone's favorite Lux home blanket. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. Dressing head to toe in Barefoot Dreams is the key to comfort as their collection of ultra soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are made with premium materials. And their products make the perfect gifts too. I would certainly love to be given something from Barefoot Dreams. I just acquired the robe and it is like the softest robe I have ever put on my body. It's so cozy. It's so warm. It's beautiful. It has a nice drape and weight to it. I wear it whenever I have the opportunity. I just want to wear it constantly. And I think everyone should have that kind of comfort and coziness in their lives. For Love to See It with Emma and Claire listeners, you can get 15% off of your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code LTSI15. Don't miss out on Barefoot Dreams' soft, soothing fabrics that will bring luxury to your life. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes there will be something that is just like nagging at me, bothering me about something in my life, and I just swirl it around and around and around in my head and don't quite know how to address it. And something that can really help me sort that through and like take action is therapy. I completely agree. I've been really stressed lately because I've just been getting sick over and over again. And before I know it, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and I don't even connect where they're coming from with the actual origin. We all carry around these stressors, right? And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a great safe space to get things off of your chest and figure out how to actually work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash love to see it. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list, as they should, because it's very important. If that's you, then make this year the year you finally check it off your list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Wow, that is really fast. 
Their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning link... Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. I personally used Babbel before I headed off to Paris for three weeks, and it was so helpful just kind of giving me back the basic understanding of French, allowing me to interact with people in restaurants, in shops, and, you know, just not make a total fool of myself when in a foreign country. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash LTSI. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash LTSI. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash LTSI. Rules and restrictions may apply. And we're back. And it's time for Katie to sit down with Caitlin for a postmortem. And, you know, remember that Justin exists because, yes, he's still there. (laughs) Katie's like so giddy. She's like, I was plenty satisfied many times. Remember? Katie is sex positive, (laughs) and so is Blake. You know what? I am glad she had a great time in that fantasy suite. Good for Blake. Good for them both. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, Katie brings up her her rule about I love yous and that she did say I love you to Blake. And she says, my heart officially belongs to Blake. And Caitlin says, so obviously Justin's still here. (laughs) Katie's like, like, oh, wait, what? Like, Justin? Oh, oh, no, I forgot oh, about that, that guy. Oh, no. <laughs> forgot about that dude. I'm like, poor Justin's just been like twiddling his thumbs as everyone leaves. And he's I, like, I, I almost imagine them like pivoting the camera to the corner and Justin's like literally sitting there. Like yeah. if I were doing the SNL sketch this week, that's what it would look like. And that would be good. And we see like poor Justin like prepping for his date. He's like, yes. It's so great. I'm these departures have just left me closer to being with Katie. Look at all of this <laughs> uninterrupted time that I am 100% about to have with Katie. Like, oh no, this is very much like when you for you like mentally respond to a friend's text and you have to be like, "Oh shit, so sorry. I swear <laughs> I got back to this." <laughs> We're just witnessing yeah. that, but with, you know, love. In my mind, Justin, I had dealt with you <laughs> yeah, by mentally but... reassigning you to my ex category. <laughs> so they meet up for this, like, date, and the first thing she says is, can we talk? Which, like, strong he knows. Start. He's got to know. Can we talk? Nothing I'm good. really excited about our fantasy suite <laughs> date together, and I just want to make sure that you know that. <laughs> and she walks him over to the steps of a gazebo, and they sit, and she Again, says, you know, I thought about quitting after Greg left. I decided I owed it to all of us to continue. And um, I want you to know it was I, I that I know how hard it was to tell me you were falling in love. I was looking forward to today, but then I had my overnight for Blake. And in that, I did tell him that I'm falling in love with him. Quick note, that's inaccurate. She actually said that she was in love with him. sort of gently, gently sanding that down a little bit for poor Justin. (laughs) And she says, that is something I can only say to one person. And you are something I wanted to explore things with. But given how I now feel about Blake, knowing that I'm in love with him, it wouldn't make any sense to have us move forward and go on this date or for you to meet my family. 
And that kind of says it all. Like, what, yeah. what's Justin going to say? He's like, you know, I did my best to be myself 100% with you. It was hard to open up. And um, now I see what it can do for you. But I also see the other side of being so vulnerable. And it's not a fun place to be. Mm-hmm. And she's like, she's like, try again. Like, we, <laughs> you can you can do it next time. Oh, my God. I thought I got what she was doing there. But like. I was just like, if I got broken up with and then someone like patted me on the back and was like, wow, just keep trying that, buddy. Keep opening up and the next person might like you. Yeah, I just like, don't, don't like, patronize me. Yeah, I would you. be like so, so annoyed. But Justin, in, in the grand tradition of most of Katie's men is very generous in rejection they part ways on good terms, although Justin is very sad. He he cries oh. in the limo. We cut to Justin in the hot seat with Tasha and Caitlin in the studio. I'm like, Justin is the runner up and he is relegated yeah. to yeah. the third place hot seat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just feeling for, for Justin all around this episode. Like, this is- <laughs> even in the quality of Justin's hot seat time, it feels very much like not the interview of the first runner-up. It's almost no. like someone who's, like, sixth place. They're like, yeah. weren't you a character, Justin? Let's look at a roll of all of your great reaction yeah. shots. Yeah, I'm uh-huh. trying to remember, like, did Good he get through there. Did he get through a commercial break? I'm trying to remember how it edited. Or did they just, like, slam his time out? I'm trying to think. Oh, yeah, they, they, they basically do the... The montage of his reaction shots and he says you know oh i've always been told i was expressive but i didn't you know never seen it i didn't know it was like that and then they tease greg sit down with katie <laughs> and, and like, during it justin ooh. leans over to oh, her yeah. and says i'd love to be a fly on the wall for that and i was like justin you literally are we're all going to see it it's on a stage but during their sit down justin tells taisha and caitlin and then actually asks Katie, you know, he says, I did sort of feel like maybe I was in the final two by default. And he says it would have been huge to have the rose ceremony, to have her Mm -hmm. give him a rose and and seem to choose him. And that didn't happen. And I have to say the fact that she told Greg he had a rose and that she got engaged to Blake indicates that he's absolutely correct. He was going to be sent home after hometown. Yes. And also, that they would have had a rose ceremony in the past for this very reason. It's supposed to be a two-way street. It's supposed to be a chance for, mm-hmm. for them to get validation that she specifically wants them and for her to get the validation that they want to stay. And they just, like, skipped that. And I, as stupid as the rose ceremonies can seem in situations like this, I, I think they should have done it. Yeah, yeah. And so she, he asked Katie about this. And she says, well, it wasn't until my date with Blake that I felt that instant connection this is my person. She says, I hope you know you were there for a reason. You had, we had a huge connection Mm -hmm. and shared unseen moments. Yeah. It felt like some selective truth sharing. Yeah. You're there for a reason. (laughs) A reason. A reason. The reason is someone else needed to be there until I was really (laughs) sure about Blake. That's the structure of the show. Like, that's how it works. Right. No, everyone else is gone. Right. Like, what was she, I mean, she really, like, couldn't have saved him any more pain than she did. Like she did. She did her best. It is is kind of what it is. And then it's time for Blake's final date. We're back. Blake's getting another date so that they have some more time together before engagement so he can meet her family. And 
he's prepared. He wants to show why he's worthy of being the only one left. He's like, I feel so much pressure because I'm the only one left. And I was like, would you feel less pressure if maybe you weren't going to get picked at the end? I'm unclear on why, but you've got to come with your game face to meet yeah. your potential fiance's family. And little do we even know at this point how more <laughs> true that is with Katie's family than really? I think any other Leeds family I've ever seen. Blake brings them a box of chocolates and two bouquets of flowers. And he's like, he's got, very- a, got a double, triple up on the gift. Butter <laughs> <Yeah>. them up. <laughs> They're spilling out of his arms. Katie's like, it's fun. Don't be nervous. We're not proper. We're just honest. Nothing shocks us. That, to me, I'm already terrified. Um, <laughs> and she, in, her, in the moment, not with Blake, says, well, my mom is really loud and independent. And my aunt is like my sister. She's not emotional at all. She's almost, She's like, I don't know, cold. cold. <laughs> <laughs> She's like a cold and, person. And yes, I got that sense. Too. Yeah, I think that tracks a little bit. He offers them the gifts. I loved how his aunt, right from the beginning, like took the bouquet and was just sort of waving around like, what the fuck is that? Like, what do I do with these flowers? Flowers? Yeah, she clearly like resents flowers. It's like, how dare you give me this thing to take care of that's going to die? Just yeah. like all of us. We're all going to die. <laughs> and so they all sit and Katie says she told Blake to just be himself and they'd love him. And her mom says, well, with a group of independent, like, females like us the last thing we need is somebody to try to build themselves up to us like for us to think you're great we just want to know if she thinks you're great because she's the one who wants you (laughs) and the aunt Lindsay says yeah we really don't care strong start for for blake and he's just like okay i'm gonna barrel ahead he's like you know i think katie has been very decisive she knows it feels like she knows exactly what she wants and her mom is like yes yes i raised her right glad to hear that um and I did love that her mom and aunt were asking these like practical questions that we often don't see where they were just like, where do you live? What is your job, sir? Like, I'm like, fair, fair. And I love his honesty, too. He Well, so he lives near Niagara Falls and he says, I'm currently unemployed, like right now at this moment. <laughs> yeah. I like Not how he didn't money. spin it. Yeah, you know, he could have been like, oh, you know, I'm like uh, working in like the wildlife space doing social, blah, blah, blah. you know, just like, nope, not working. Just Right. Know. He's like, these seem like people where I should front load unemployed. Like, yeah. just like get that on the yeah. table. He's like, you said you didn't need to be impressed by me. I'm fully unemployed. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, when I go back, well, the thing is too, when you say unemployed, the connotation is not like, when I leave the show, I will reliably be working. Have again, a job. Which yeah. is like kind of what he says. He's like, when I go I back, I mean, also, be- look, he's Canadian. He will have health insurance regardless true, of employment status. Ugh, the dream. That's and a big says, plus to well, moving to Canada, Katie. What do you, I don't know. You exactly. Like think about it. Yeah, if I were her Aunt Lindsay, I'd be like, please move to Canada. I'm tired <laughs> of worrying about, worrying about your health insurance. And uh, he says, when I leave the show, I'll be making a visit like to Africa. And they're like, what? You work? You live in Africa? And he's like, no, I don't live there. I just like go out for trips, like working for a nonprofit. And he's like, I actually have to be home in Canada. I have family, which I'm like, follow up on that. Like, is he never going to move to where you guys are? Um, And Aunt Lindsay pulls him for a talk here. Oh, boy. She is. not impressed with their love. She's like, they don't realize the logistics. They have different countries they live in, different jobs, different careers. So Aunt Lindsay sits him down. 
And she is ready. She's had, you know, she's had her coffee today. She's had her second coffee. She has, she has some thoughts jotted down. And she says, so what made you come on this season after flunking out of the last season? <laughs> you just got to like really humble them right away. You oh, yeah. to take them down. <laughs> and Blake says, oh, yeah, well, uh, it's actually it was two bachelorettes on that season and they both dumped me. She's like, oh, neither of them wanted you. So, you know, she's. It's like he's already being self-deprecating, you know, like she's like, but can I just insult you more? Yeah, yeah. She's like, you're lying yourself down on the floor in front of me. I think I should kick you in the gut. <laughs> and she says, Katie and I are very similar. And so I just knew I wanted to meet her. And she says, uh, meaning you two have a vibrator. Like, what does that even mean? And it's funny. She has this tone. She's like laughing whenever she says these things to him, but it doesn't make it seem any more good natured. She doesn't have a soft tone. Let's put it that way. Well, it's one of those things where like I even think about this when I'm in like friend groups where people are just taking like little jabs at each other. I think you have to like pace it out a little bit, you know, like you have to do like (laughs) one jab or two jabs and then it's like give some time to recover, just like a workout, you know, give some time to like, you know, take a breath, you know, get your heartbeat back to level and then you and then you go for another jab. But she was just like over and over again. And the first time you chuckle and you're like, oh, yeah, I did get rejected. And it's like, okay, now I'm actually, my feelings are hurt. Yeah, you got to get into a little rhythm like you're dancing, like you're doing yeah. banter. This is and not also, banter. Like, hopefully you know each other maybe a little bit. <laughs> this is different. Enough. She's trying to establish, she's like checking him up front. She's establishing the, a boundary. Establishing that dominance, I think, is also happening. A and bit. dominance, which, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I get it. She's like, we don't fuck around in this family. (laughs) So Blake tries to explain a little bit more about how similar they are. And then he says that he does want approval from from her and from Katie's mom. I think we actually have a clip of this part of the conversation. I do want approval from you. And I do want approval from... Oh, yeah. Cute. Ronda Lee, (laughs) right? But it's like, what what matters is that Katie and I are on the same page. Like, you ultimately mean nothing. Like, hate to break it to you, but like... You better be secure as mm-hmm. coming into our family because at the end of the day, you're here because we want you here, not because we need you here. Right. This is when I really was like, oh, she's not even really trying to banter here and misfiring a little bit. She's fully just trying to like scare him straight. Um, she's like, she's woken up this teenager. It's the middle of the night and she's like, we're going to a ranch in the middle of Utah. <laughs> we're going to get these drugs out of your system. <laughs> That is her full vibe right now. And Aunt Lindsay says, uh, marriage is a lot. It's not all it's cracked up to be. And Blake says, well, I've lived through it. I've seen my parents, you know, fuck it up. And she says, well, that's not the same thing. Uh, Watching a train wreck is not the same thing as being in a train wreck, which, like, I'm sorry, he's not divorced yet. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, wait, but he's, I was like, every time Blake was just trying to be like, yes, I affirm what you're saying. And let me try to connect with you. And she's like, fuck you. And it's like, let me find another way to dunk on you. I love the idea that being the dependent child during a toxic divorce is something we would describe as watching a train wreck. <laughs> That's not how I yeah. would describe it. I feel like you're pretty involved. Yeah. Yeah, personally. it might actually have an impact on you. Yeah. Just saying. It's more than like the odd, like, flying piece of debris. Um, so she then asks... <laughs> 
She then asks, what his plan is if things get bad in the marriage? How would he fix it? (laughs) This is a fucking wild question. There is no right answer to this question because it's like, what in what way is the relationship bad? Like, what is the problem? When is it bad? What is like? Like, you cannot just answer. What does Katie want this is, at this point in the relationship? Right. Also, it, it's like, doing? okay, your your marriage that hasn't occurred yet is failing. What will you do? And it's like, <laughs> I I don't know. I'm not in that situation. And here's the thing is like, we've now watched this episode. You know, like we've been stewing over having watches for a good a chunk of time now. And even hours out, I have no idea how to respond to that question still. I've had no time to idea. think about it. So I can only imagine in the moment, because like, what are you supposed to say? Like, uh, communication, like just like a, like buzzwords. Just like, I think that's when you got to just tap in the buzzwords. You know what Aunt Lindsay would say if you said communication? She'd be like, no, oh, I mean, cute, cute. But like, <laughs> yeah, that's, right. ultimately, that's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. Yeah. Um, yeah. She like laughs at him. He says, Katie and I just have, we'll promise ourselves that we'll do anything to make it right. And she, she laughs and she says, that's cute, but that's not how it works. And I'm just <laughs> like, Aunt Lindsay, how do you think it works? Like, what's your all purpose and yet very specific plan for fixing any marriage that's failing? I'd love <laughs> to hear it. Like, I am married and I don't have one. Uh, it sounds a lot more like Blake's answer still after four years of marriage than than anything more granular. So, like, I'd love to know what she was looking for here. Um, like, if I feel like if he said anything, he could say, "We'll go to we'll go to marriage counseling." You know? Oh, cute. She'd be like, like "Oh, so you, cute. Yeah. You think you think that's you think that's just like gonna fix everything?" Like, oh, so cute. you turn to others to solve your problems for you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, damn, Aunt Lindsay has been through some shit. Yeah, yeah and clearly. Like, I thought I had, too, is, like, maybe, like, the move is, like, oh, like, getting her advice on, like, how, and then, no, that would get flipped back at him, too. It's, like, literally. Brett has idea. really been, like, he's, like, Brett is, like, do. how can I, I please Aunt Lindsay? And yeah. I haven't figured it I out. Think I think if I was in Blake's situation here, I would either, there's two things that would happen. I would either... Uh, get freaked out, spiral, and run. I'm like, maybe I'm not in love after all. I don't know. This is too much. <laughs> this is way too much. Or it would just be like my uh, my mission to my dying day to win the approval of Aunt Lindsay. It and would then she'd probably find ways. you annoying, Brad. Yeah. Yeah. See, you're right. See, I can't win again. Like, I'm just... I've I really would simply cry, but that's, yeah. that's, that's just yeah. me. I'll do I, it. I have to say that the degree to which... Katie and her mom and her aunt all kind of react against maleness, um, but especially male like mediocrity or or lack does does indicate some really deep scar tissue. And I think many of yes. us can can understand Relate where that would come that. from. Um, it is hard to see that being like. I will, I don't even want to say worked out on Blake because I don't. I think that she is very specifically testing him. Like she's like, I yeah. don't want to let someone into the family who is going to be turn out to like not be shit. You know, right? And and it felt like a defense mechanism, yeah. like a fa- familial defense mechanism. I mean, at at a certain point, they you know her mom even says like, it, it to Katie like if we invite you in, if we invite a man in, like he is the lucky one. You know, it feels yeah. like these are people who are like bonded, probably have lived through some amounts of trauma, perhaps wrought by men, which is, again, not unusual. And I think we kind of see that deployed perhaps a little too harshly against Blake. 
it kind of reminds me of those companies that ask you questions like, what kind of like dinosaur are you and why? And please explain thoroughly where there's not really a right answer. It's more just to like, see how you react. You know, it's like testing your ability to respond. That's the energy I'm getting here. Aunt Lindsay also sits down with Katie and asks her what makes her want the beard, which I love as a descriptor for <laughs> Blake. Actually, that, that was hilarious. That. that was very funny. I think of him in very much the same way. Um, and Katie says, uh, well, when he said that he might be gone for up like a month or so for work and he needed someone independent, she was immediately like, oh, yeah, I've got my own shit going on. That actually sounds like we'd be a great match. And Lindsay says... So you'll just be apart for like months at a time. <laughs> Again, Lindsay, never happy. And Katie says, well, we'll just make it work. Like maybe I'll go to Canada or Africa waiting for her to and Blake to mention a specific country at some point here. But it nope. hasn't happened yet. Never, mm. never. And Lindsay says, you're talking about going to Canada or Africa. It sounds like a lot of like, yes, sir. And I want to make sure he's invested in your happiness, too, which I think is fair. By the end, when Katie sits down with Blake. And is like, how did it go? He's just like, craziness. <laughs> <laughs> and now his mind is full of doubts about engagement, uh, which <laughs> I mean, which also means basically this show needed to create some more drama because the drama of who she's picking is long gone. Yeah. But they have they have one more date. And this is when we meet perhaps the most important character of this episode. Zozobra. Oh, Zozobra. Zozobra. Yeah. Yes. An icon. They're out at night in New Mexico. They meet Felicia, an energy healer, who explains the terrifying, monstrous, gigantic effigy doll structure behind her, Zozobra. And she says that this is like an annual tradition in New Mexico. People gather and write down things they want to let go of in the next year. They stuff them inside Zozobra, the giant doll. And they're all burned uh, when they burn the doll. I had never heard of this, so I had to do some Googling. It's actually fascinating. Uh, It was created by Will Schuster, who's an artist in New Mexico in the 1920s. Mm. And he was, like, inspired by the Holy Week kind of pageantry of the Yaqui people um, who are indigenous to Mexico and the American Southwest. And they are, like many people around the world, like do some sort of um, tradition involving her parading around the effigy of Judas uh, and and then burning it as part of like a purifying ritual for the year. And I was reading all this and I was like, this is so fascinating. And now I, like, now I have to go watch The Bachelor again. Like, what am I doing with my life? I should be now- studying Art I want to go burn to Zobra. I, I just want to go burn. It was so awesome. Bad. And I, I did love that like we got something that was specifically cultural to the yeah. place that they were. And it didn't feel mocking yeah. at yeah. all. Like, so Katie and Blake are like, okay, we each have our notebooks. We are going to write down our fears and other things we want to release to burn in Zozobra. And I feel that Katie takes to this assignment correctly. Oh, yeah. Blake <laughs> writes like an odd half essay yeah. that doesn't really seem like things he wants to cast <laughs> off. He's just like, Katie has solved all my yeah. fears. Burn it. Like, <laughs> Burn what? the poems. No more poems. Yeah, he basically is just like, I've always been afraid of wanting to, a change after making a commitment through marriage. And so I've been very picky about dating and now I'm not worried about it. Honestly, I think the move here, I think the move here was to be like, 
my interaction with Aunt Lindsay. <laughs> it goes into the flames of Zazobra. That's, that's really what it needed here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Katie says that the day marks a fresh start. I'm leaving behind the fear of abandonment, of being unaccepted, not being pretty enough, not being good enough for Blake, heartbreak, losing you, being alone. All, all very relatable fears, frankly. And I thought... Oh, there's so much here. First of all, Blake is yeah. clearly just so confident that he doesn't really relate to having fears and insecurities. <laughs> no, he's like behind. fears. Yeah, y- you might want something else after you choose something, but yeah, no, no other real insecurities. Katie, meanwhile, has a host of insecurities that are very familiar to me, and Blake responds to Same. that by being like, "Uh, she had like a lot of fears. Like, I don't know how I'm supposed to deal with all of those in such a short period of time." Blake, take it from my husband. You'll be dealing with them until you die. Well, now she doesn't. She doesn't have those anymore. <laughs> no, right? I, you're right. They're this burned. Is, you, you don't. You're not understanding the power of Zizobra. Zizobra has. <laughs> she took care them. of them. I also like the thought of ever having a bachelorette who is afraid of not being pretty enough. I was rocked mm. by that. Like Katie is yeah. beautiful, but like I do feel like she's our first bachelorette, at least in recent memory, who doesn't like present as like my defining quality is that I've always been the hottest girl in my immediate area. Like she does seem to have a little bit more of a conception of herself as that is more similar to someone like me, which is like, I'm probably not always the hottest girl. And like, so where is my self-confidence from as a woman? And I think that's, that's part of probably why a lot of us have like related to her, related to her and and enjoyed her this season. Well, I think especially, you know, comparing yourself to like past bachelorettes and, and bringing in like the fashion choices there. And she's admittedly like not as into that as other leads have been. And that probably plays into it too, about presentation and yeah. Yeah. So I I definitely get it. But let's be clear. Katie is definitely gorgeous and she's definitely Extremely hot for Blake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Blake should be so lucky. Well, he is he is has been so lucky. Um so they they kiss, they tuck their fears under Zazobra's skirt and set him alight. And next thing we see is Tasha FaceTiming Neil Lane. Oh my god. She needs some ring stat. I fully support <laughs> the fact that Neil Lane was not brought into the bubble and they were like Tasha you are our new Neil Lane. <laughs> yeah. I loved seeing like Tasha sitting down to him with a man who had once been like, no, you're definitely my <laughs> girlfriend being like, which engagement ring yeah. would you like to choose? Also, did anyone else feel that Neil Lane's rings got a little bit more tasteful? There were some season? with only one halo. It feels like I know. Like I was more shocked. Like modern look. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I definitely that. got that too. I also loved that Tasha was designated as their ring, ring salesperson. And like normally a big part of that is being like, this is the cushion cut. And Tasha's literally like, do you think she'd like a circular <laughs> ring? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> that's not one of them. <laughs> They're staring at each other across a row of rings. I would say the vibe is a little like she's the salesperson, but also maybe his therapist and also maybe. They're playing poker. Like, I can't quite figure out what the vibe is here. But part of this, I think, is because Blake is in his head. He's not looking well. And she's like, what's wrong? And he says, I don't know. I haven't felt this before. And Tasha's like, you're about to get on a knee for a girl you came here and risked it all for. And he's like, yeah. He's like, that didn't help with the pressure, Tasha. And he says he needs a minute. He gets up and kind of stands a few feet away in his long sleeve tee, just wringing his hands staring into the sun. He's like, I need clarity, but my head feels like scrambled eggs. Is Blake going to give Katie her next great 
heartbreak. We are left in suspense. Taisha walks over and is like, if you're having hesitations, you need to let her go. Meanwhile, Katie is putting on her stunning forest green gown and emeralds. She looks so good. And she has no doubts that she's going to be leaving with a ring on her finger. Side note, I feel like emerald is her color. Oh, just yeah. Like, I, I agree. All of all of the, yeah, just like, yeah. they just all I been love, yeah. I love a deep jewel-toned green on a brunette. It's just, yeah, it's A+. Plus. She's um, totally radiant and green. And I loved this dress. It has like the sort of sparkly detailing embellishment all over low neckline. Stunning. And uh, the time has come. We're still not sure what Blake is going to do. I mean, we know what Blake is going to do, but they're trying to make it like nice and dramatic for us. All I could think about was like, I really want Tasha's black, like bejeweled open backed suit that she was wearing as, as she and Caitlin, who was in like bright yellow, ushered Blake uh, and Katie over to the proposal. I just... That was a really um I wanted that look, outfit. I have to say. <laughs> it, was, it was stunning. It has like I love suiting on women. I think it's like so sexy. Back to back to the matter at hand. They both arrive and they both take these like very deep breaths as Blake like gets onto the platform. And of course, Katie speaks first cuz the question here is not will she pick Blake, but will Blake propose? And she says Blake, I always thought you showed up late, but if there's anything I learned during our journey together, it's that love shows up when it wants, regardless of time, tradition, expectations, and that's why we're standing here at this moment. You showed up exactly when you were meant to show up, and I'll be forever thankful that you fought to be here. I'll never forget the moment we first met. The chemistry was instant, but I never knew I'd be falling head over heels in love with you. You are caring, supportive, confident, passionate, and you love me for me. And that's a love I never knew existed. The night you said you loved me changed my life forever because in that moment, I knew I wanted to love you for the rest of my life. You and only you. I mean, yes, she's ready. It's it's beautiful. And Blake uh, seems to wait a little bit to talk. And finally, he says, it's easy to look around and feel like we're dreaming and living out what's basically felt like a fairy tale since day one. It's been a connection and understanding that seemed too good to be true. But I knew, I knew the moment you first met me and called me trouble or the way you looked at me the night of the concert when we were dancing and just the way that we need a moment before things get started to hold each other and not say a word or just the fact that we literally don't need words to communicate at all, which is why we actually don't hear any of this. It's silent between them. With you, I honestly knew and I know how great of a wife you're going to be, mother you're going to be. I know there's things that scare you and I know that you in the past have talked about how you've had to compromise the way you are and relationships, and I don't want to do that. But I can't give you what you came here for. Incredibly long pause. Blake, come on, man. Like, this isn't a cliffhanger. Don't listen to your producers. It was so dumb. Incredibly long pause because you deserve a lot more than that. What and also, like, here's the thing. Mean? I don't even know what that It didn't meant. mean anything. It didn't mean anything. I, I was like, no. It's like, I knew what was going to happen, and I got a heart attack for no reason, motherfucker. Like, yeah. what is this? How dare you? But, but also, like, what more are you giving her? Like, right. right. He's like, you came in here with low expectations. You just wanted a guy that would, like, go on dates with you and, like, have kids with you, but, like, nothing that deep, you know, just, like, serve in a function. But I'm here to actually give you 
deep love and connectedness. And she's like, no, that's actually what I came here for. Like, <laughs> I, I did not put an upper limit on how like happy and fulfilling this love story would be. He's like, with that beautiful cliffhanger being said, here's a ring. Katie Lane Thurston, will you marry me? And spoiler alert, yes. They seem incredibly happy, very giddy. They're giddy. Uh, They toast. Honestly, I loved Caitlin and Taysha just being like, it's us. We're the matchmakers. We did it. Like, they just have a really adorable, adorable energy. Um, And Katie and Blake get on horses and ride off into the sunset. And on that note, I think it's time for us to take a break. Can you keep up? I like Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. <laughs> so important. I also just know myself. I, I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party, can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender, I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some pretty delightful prices, too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, high Tyler Cameron, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. Plus, they're dedicated to really thoughtful craftsmanship that honestly stands the test of time and looks good doing it. Article offers fast, affordable shipping across the U.S. and Canada. Plus, they won't leave you waiting around. You pick the delivery time and they'll send you updates every step of the way. I have long been an article girly, like every room of my house my house, my apartment, <laughs> you can see article furniture in. Most recently, we updated our balcony, you know, just in time. It's finally balcony season yes. again, finally warming up in New York. And I have been out there with my coffee, sitting in the toady beach sand dining chair, which is a great little lounger for a small space. Again, New York City apartment. And uh, it just really, like, elevates our deck. That and the ottoman we bought to go with it, so comfortable, so chic, also can withstand a whole lot of rain. So important. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. They're having their Memorial Day sale from May 13th to May 27th, which would be the perfect time to use your store credit on top of sale prices. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. 
and we're back. What could be a better chaser to that romantic scene than bringing Greg back for a hot seat? Oh, Yay. boy. Yay. I, I thought we could just like, I thought we could just like stop here and be like, that was a nice episode. Uh, everyone's so happy. Let's cut right to her with Blake and be like, look, they're still here. They're still in love. But no, we have to do this now. Going back, like, didn't like uh, Tasha Tasha's finale, didn't they like close with the... Uh, you know, like the final proposal, and then that was pretty much it. I, I, I'm pretty sure they didn't really get. They didn't do AFR. Yeah. They didn't and honestly, have AFR. I was fine with it. It was like, yeah, nice. all right. That, that was a nice, feel good way to end the night. Now I can go to yeah. bed peacefully What's and not be stressed. What's up with a beautiful proposal? Why not? Yeah. Um, but no, we have to watch another <laughs> uh, emotionally painful, fraught, and unpleasant exchange. My stomach hurts. Okay, so they bring out Greg. Greg has a big old smile on his face. He's I was like, like Greg, no. Wrong tone. Greg, take the, Not the wrong mood. tone. Not Read the, the room, bud. Greg says that he's good and has just been laying low in Jersey. Caitlin asks what about Katie made him fall for her. And he was like, you know, we shared this bond with our late fathers. I, we really had this, this connection. Um, and I didn't understand how unhappy I was until Katie showed me how happy I could be. And Caitlin brings up how quickly things turned sour and he says you know opening up to her on the couch was the most I've ever opened up to someone I felt like I was giving her everything and I just wanted some bit of that back and she asked what he wanted the next day when they talked and he says that he was hoping to get back on the same page and that there was this clear disconnect and he thinks it's probably because she didn't want to say certain words or go to a certain depth until the very end and she asks if he'd do anything differently looking back and he says no I have to say, this all happened before the episode aired. I know this would have gone very differently if he had seen the reaction. I was not impressed that he did not seem to have realized in the time since, upon reflection, that he didn't handle himself well in that breakup. Yeah. I found it jarring that he said no regrets. Yeah, yeah. Like, again, I understood that the context was different, perhaps, in the one we were viewing it in. But it 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 wasn't a great show, again, of, of self-reflection. So Katie comes out looking mad. All, like, fair. Oh, like, I, I definitely would yeah. have been. I have to think maybe this would have gone differently if he had not said he had no regrets. I think that you know katie's watching she's thinking really you don't have any regrets and she's clearly coming out already in a a riled up headspace yeah well because like before you know when they had asked like you know do you know what you're gonna say to greg i actually kind of like genuinely believe her that like she was maybe still on the fence of like what she was gonna say and that was just like enough to be like all right we're going with plan a yeah and she she opens up guns blazing she's like you know watching this all back I don't feel that you ever intended to get engaged during this journey together. You complained that you weren't validated enough, but you got a first impression rose. You got the first one-on-one, a second one-on-one. I'm giving you validation every single week. And for that hometown to go as perfectly as it did until the very end, I feel like you are looking for the perfect opportunity to escape because you were never looking for an engagement. Greg looks gobsmacked that it's going this way. He does not actually seem to be expecting any... (laughs) Thing like this it's like when you get into a fight with 
you know, maybe your partner or like someone you're dating and then you talk to your friends about it. And then all your friends are like, yeah, fuck that. You should absolutely, you know, they rile you up a little bit. And then you go back to that with just like a really built up energy. That's really what this kind of looked like here is, was just like, she had just been obviously like rewatching all of this, which I yeah. can't imagine how difficult that is. Also too, like, yeah. this is something I really thought about um, kind of like going back to like Michael A when uh, she was talking to him during the the mental all. You know, it's one thing to address you know their their feelings and what happened and how fucking messy it was and just how awful it was and sad to watch. Um, but it's another when she's also now trying to um, you know validate Blake still. You know because mm -hmm. they're watching all of this together. So there's probably even more of this, like, I've really got to like dig in my heels here, you know, whether it's like really not giving the time of day to, no, like, I think that it. that's a, I think that's a really good point. I think that there is an element that we see with like all leads where there is sort of a, a coldness that inherently mm. tends to develop towards the, the person who's sort of the runner up because there is like a boundary that they need to draw to, protect that relationship. And that's that's complicated um, and I think can come off in a way that feels kind of like overly cold sometimes. It's a difficult position to be in. Greg yeah. is very shocked. He's like, I'm honestly so confused as to why you would think that. She says, you know, you said I feel a hole in your heart, but you treated me the way you did. You spoke down to me. You didn't even say goodbye. You say you love me, but I don't think you don't even know what love is. And he says, well, I had every clear intention of getting engaged or I wouldn't have introduced you to my family. And like you found what you're looking for. And I'm happy, happy for you. Um, and Katie says, you know, that doesn't take away from the anger that I feel watching back and seeing how you treated me, using me to get the experience, the exposure, dare I say, the acting practice at my expense. And Greg kind of laughs at this. He's like, the acting experience? And Katie says, it was pretty good until you fucked it up at the end and ran away. And Greg says, I'm so sorry. I hate to break it to you as much as I wish I was. I'm not Meryl Streep. <sighs> so I think that one thing that is tough here is that I think Katie is really marinating on like kind of two things that upset her. And one is how he acted toward her in that conversation which I think is, like, beyond valid. Mm -hmm. And one is that she thinks that he lied to her the whole time and mm -hmm. went on with an agenda. And those are kind of almost different conversations. Yeah. yeah. And it's very hard to, I think, litigate the second one because he's going to say, whether it's true or not, that he went on with the most genuine intentions and that he fell in love with her. And that this was very difficult for him. And it's hard, going to be hard for her to prove otherwise to anyone's satisfaction. Right. right. And I think that this is like an element, again, of the fandom that even I struggle with as someone who like professionally has to form opinions based on what we see on the show is that there is such a big conversation and so many things that are written on all sorts of forums about people and things that are public or halfway public or anonymous comments and like those things may be true they also may not be and as you said it's it's sort of impossible to to litigate those things after the fact and 
I think the more useful thing here would have probably been to focus on the ways in which his actions impacted her negatively, because I think that that's very real and very valid and something that also like the entire viewing audience witnessed. So like something I think is kind of interesting with this too. I mean, clearly like a lot of this after the final rose is like the, the bachelor nation ether, like bleeding out on the, after the final rose stage, you know, like the social media, you know, obviously Katie's really, um, probably like the most social media involved lead we've had, which means she's like on all of like the Reddit threads and all that. I'm really curious what that reads to like people who aren't like literally like really saturated in everything. Like my mom and dad, like watching this as well. Like mm. they, they watch, but they're not, they don't know about like the acting rumors. They don't, you know, so I'm curious how that's going to well, play off. I can too. tell you. I'm not saturated in Reddit. So I I was sort of like confused by a lot of this, although I did start to hear about it last week. It's like felt a little blindside. I'm like, how am I supposed to litigate this? Like, yeah, Caitlin and Tasha literally have to be like, you know, tell us what you're talking about here. Like, where are these things about him being an actor coming from? And Katie says, you know, I heard a lot of like things about how he went to acting school and that he's not, like, a shy boy, like he pretended to be on the show. He's a cocky, confident guy who knows he's hot shit. And so now she's not sure if she knew him. And, like, I don't know. Like, that that's hard to translate to another person to be like, well, now we know this person is bad because I, I heard some things and they're not flattering. You know, it's difficult to know, like, where the verification is and and what the sources are. And that's kind of how it read to me. They talk about this a little bit, and finally Greg says, you know, that he's sorry if she feels eek, which I don't love, if yeah, he was talking yeah. down to her. Um, I don't think in 2021, I think we know that you should never apologize if someone feels a certain way. You yeah. should apologize for the actions that that led them to feel that way or that you feel negatively impacted them. And she says gaslighting is probably a better word. It's hard yeah. to not want her to be able to just, like, enjoy her happy ending without like having to get into a fight with her ex on this stage. But that's what this uh, stupid show has given us. So Caitlin, it just felt like the the terms of this fight were sort of all over the place. And I did appreciate that, that Caitlin sort of called out the use of the term gaslighting. She said, you know, that's a, that's a strong term. And she asked Katie to, to talk about what that means. And Katie says, gaslighting is when you try to make someone else feel like it's their fault. And I just want to, call out that like we again did not see everything i'm not even litigating here whether if katie believes she experienced some form of gaslighting maybe in like parts of the fight that we didn't see i'm not questioning that but i do feel like it's important for us to use psychological terms um accurately and I just want to call out that the definition of gaslighting is to manipulate someone by psychological means into questioning their own sanity. Um, and I think that it's a term that has been thrown around quite liberally, especially in the Trump era, because I think we did see a lot of sort of like throwing around of, of information to try to get the the nation to sort of question the, the terms of conversations um, and step outside of a perceived reality. 
But in terms of interpersonal relationships, um, it's difficult because this term has become such a go-to for when someone is behaving in a way that feels manipulative in some way or cruel. But it's not always present. And yeah. and, and I don't think that it's accurate to say that it is yeah. whenever you try to make someone feel like something is their fault. I Actually, I think a lot of arguments are about assigning blame. And like, it's normal to feel like maybe the other person is at fault and to want them to, to think that that they are at fault and should apologize. It's not a healthy way to fight, but I don't know if it qualifies as gaslighting in and of itself. I also just want to say that, like, just because something isn't gaslighting doesn't mean that it's, like, A-plus behavior that we are co-signing. I just just want to use terms in a way that is specific to their actual meaning because when we stop doing that, like, those words then lose that meaning. When I think of gaslighting, I think of, you know, you, you mentioned the Trump era. I think about like when you had Trump saying like nobody has ever done anything more for like the Latinx community than me. That's like literally not reality. Like it's literally distorting events of history. And I guess I think about gaslighting in like you're just twisting reality and twisting facts so much to the point that the other person is just like confused into submission and you, they like literally just cannot uh, work with it, like because it's just it's it's not in this world anymore. To us, we didn't. I think see Greg say anything that seemed like a twisting of reality. It just seemed like he wanted something very different from what she wanted in that moment, and he really was insisting on it, and in a way that seemed disproportionate to her for sure, and that was probably very confusing and overwhelming. And a conversation can make you feel confused and overwhelmed without being the other person, you know, deliberately kind of distorting things to make you feel that way. I've certainly had those arguments. Yeah. And so, like, I don't, I I absolutely believe that she felt that way. I would have probably felt really very much the same in her position. It felt very sudden. It felt Mm. like she she wasn't sure where it came from. I think watching it back, I do think I see where it came from. And so it, it doesn't feel like it was some sort of deliberate manipulation to me. But ultimately, not only can we not know, like to some degree, for Katie, it doesn't matter. Like she experienced a lot of pain because of the way that he talked to her. And that's real regardless. And I think that's why the conversation was hard for me to watch because I, I think that they both would have been better served if that had been the focus rather than sort of like muddying the waters with bringing in rumors about acting, which like didn't actually feel relevant to the the actual topic at hand, which is just which is that they had an interaction that like certainly caused her deep pain. Yeah. And I think it's true that he, you know, the way that he talked to her, you know, as he became, I think, frustrated that he wasn't getting through in the way that he hoped he would, did become extremely condescending. And he was talking down to her. He was kind of flinging his feelings at her in a way that was quite punitive. And he, she she is pushing him to to own up to this. And, uh, And finally, he says, you know, I'm sorry you feel like that. I'm sorry the way things ended between us. It was a tough environment to be in. And she says, yeah, it was tough for me. It was tough for everybody. And he says, I'm not saying it wasn't. And Katie says, so you really don't want to own up to anything. 
I just heard you say you had no regrets. So yeah, that that really bothered her. Um, naturally, it bothered me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Greg has not been giving good apologies at all, I have to say. It's been a lot of like, I'm sorry you feel that way. At this point, he does try to do a little bit better in response to this. He says, I just said I'm sorry for making you feel like that. Slightly different from what he said. He said, I'm sorry you feel like that. But like, I'm sorry for making you feel like that. Making you feel it. Right. There, yeah. That's owning an action. I wish I could go back then and change how I communicated my feelings. In that moment, my head was in a million places. I truthfully didn't really want to leave in that moment. Um, I didn't know what to do. And like, to me, I almost felt like this should have gotten wrapped up here. Like I did kind of want Caitlin and Tasha to step in and be like, okay, he gave an apology. Katie's happy now. Like how long does this segment need to be? Right. It felt like she deserved an apology and she wanted an apology. He gave that to her. And then we were just like, they were just both left there to continue fighting to stew. And yeah, it it would have really benefited from a moderator stepping in and being like, Katie, is there anything else that that you need? Um, Where you're happy. But then I'm concerned now that because then what Katie does is she circles back to it feels shady. Like you are just using that moment as your escape. It feels like you were never really there for me, which again, I just don't know if that's something that can be resolved to anyone's satisfaction in this forum. And they already sort of tried to, and it failed. And I was just like, oh my God, how are we still doing this? This is when they kind of start to have the the argument about whether he gave her an ultimatum. Like, was he trying to get her to end the show and pick him? It seems like ultimately the answer is sort of, yes, he did want that from her during that fight. But what he contends is it may not, I, I would not have asked for that if I, if my, like, if my dissatisfaction had not, like, continued to that point, basically. He was like, we've had all, of the, we'd had all these conversations. There were so many opportunities for you to, like, give me some, something real, some real reciprocity and you didn't. And so, like, yeah, by the time that we were having this fight in your room, I did need you to say that you loved me. I did maybe need you to come after me. That's what it would have taken at that point. <sighs> I'm glad that he is, like, being honest about that at this point, at least. She has every had every right to, as The Bachelorette, expect this process, expect the people on this show to to be there with her through this process. That is what she signed up for. It is a completely understandable to not want to just like end the show before she went through that. On the other hand, I think that he's not necessarily wrong that if she had been certain about him, that her reaction would have probably been different Mm -hmm. in that moment. And so I think it's like this tough thing where they both just needed incompatible things. Yeah. And both of those impulses are fair. And that's not to say that they were expressed well. Like, as we've said a million times, I don't think Greg expressed himself well. I don't think it was a necessarily fair thing of him to ask for her. But I also do think that if he was feeling sort of psychically tortured by the process, that it was okay to say, like, I'm going to tap out if you can't give me this thing that you need. Like, everyone should be allowed to tap out of this sort of fundamentally emotionally abusive process. 
when they need to. Yeah, kind of like regardless if it was fair or not, if it's something you need, you can you can say that that's what you need and it's also okay for the other person to not be able to deliver that. Um, but then once it gets into really accusatory, nasty, cruel, you know, like then that's um, a different conversation, you know, entirely. Yeah. I do think we don't see this happen on The Bachelor. And I think that there is something going on with like, the way that women are socialized to like wait and be patient and let the other person take center stage. And I think we often encourage women to, to not do that, to be like, if you're not happy after fantasy suites, girl, like tell him off and leave. That's satisfying. Cause we expect the women to wait around to be picked and like vice versa with men, we expect men to like put themselves first and to leave if they're not really feeling it or if they're feeling it too much or whatever, and to center themselves in the process so I do get frustrated when men center themselves in this process and and in a way that Greg very much did. But I also, on some level, have to be like, at the same time, each person is a person. They know their own limit. I don't know. I'm just like getting caught up in this argument again. And I'm like, ah, why are we still talking about this? I know. <laughs> but, I'm like, I thought this was done. I hate yeah. this. So I also really felt like, you know, Katie came out. It's her big night. The crowd's behind her. The more this dragged on, the more I really felt like she was kind of losing them a little bit. And I was like, I just was like, wrap this up so that like she can have <laughs> a, like a full, like supported night on this stage with her fiance. And like, it just keeps going. She says, you know, it wasn't it wasn't really fair of you to say like, oh, she'll stop me if she really wants me. Like I had three relationships. I was the bachelorette. That's how this works. There's nothing I could do once you decide to leave, but move forward with my other relationships. So I didn't leave for you. My person was not Greg, and when he left, so did everything I felt for him. That's not convincing, but I understand uh, why she would want to say that. She clearly still feels something, even now. Uh, rage, immense rage, but that is something. Um, <laughs> and Greg says he wishes her nothing but the best, and she says, I wish you nothing but the best. Clearly, there not has never been a less convincing I wish you nothing for the best ever. I was like, she's gritting her teeth and basically telling him to go fuck himself. God, like the worst coffee date ever with your ex. <laughs> when at the end, you can't just storm off. You have to be like, I wish you the best. Um, and with that, we're done. No more Greg. Goodbye, oh, Greg. My, the Greg gate is I, over. Oh, I would prefer so. to never discuss Greg and Katie's relationship ever again. Let's get Blake back out on this Blake, stage because remember, I'm sorry, did Katie get engaged on this show? I I missed it. I don't know because there was just some emotional trauma we had to go through yeah. before sandwiched between two happy yeah. moments. Well, I'll 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 ruin this and bring up Greg one more time. Okay, um, go for but it. But like, what what I think is like you know unfortunate is you know like I I know like a lot of people and you know, I like, have mixed feelings about Blake, but like going back and forth like on their connections like i think a lot of people were like well you know katie clearly had the best connection with greg and now it's just like a consolation like i've never felt that way like i really do think blake and katie have a great connection i think it's really different like i think mm -hmm. uh, her connection with blake is like a little bit more secure and fun and like they're really similar and then i think with katie and greg they've always had a little bit of like this trauma bonding thing going on. And I think that can make it so like the emotions are just like very, very high at all times, which isn't always the best thing also. But I think ultimately what we saw is a, a 
evidence that their relationship would not have worked in like the real yes. world mm-hmm. or like or it would have very much had its complications in a way that I don't think um, are as present with, you know, Katie and Blake. And that's why like this whole segment was really sad because like I want more people to be really on board with Katie and Blake and to not be like still on the Greg train. And like, I don't want Greg to be, I mean, he will be, but like, you know, Greg being like the headlines of, um, you know, watching this after the final rose opposed to what you ideally want to see. You want to see like the people magazine cover and like, you know, that media circus for like the next two weeks. It's, it's going to be distorted, I think. And I think that's really, you know, sad. I don't think that it necessarily had to be that way. If they both just like really gritted their teeth and were chilly and like let it pass. But um, I hope that she did get catharsis out of it because it is it is going to have those other effects. And I and it takes away from Blake's time, honestly, like they had this compressed ending and they already had compressed time in the show. As I mentioned before, I really felt like they did do the thing where they they don't really show Blake and Katie having conversations. They just show them doing a little bit like wink, wink. We both like sex and then making out and like. I know there's more to their relationship than that. Um, Even a very confident, secure relationship has deeper conversations Mm. in it than that. And and I would have liked to see more of them. But they seem super well-matched. His level of confidence can be, I think, super healthy in a relationship. He doesn't seem at all phased by the way things went down. And that's great. And I think that that is so important is that like and bachelor couples often talk about this, that there is sort of a real test to that relationship mm-hmm. when you are together, but secretly and you're having to watch all of this yeah. play out. Um, and that can be a big struggle. And again, I think Blake's steadiness was probably really helpful in that. Like he comes out and as you said, he seems unfazed. He tells Katie how proud he is of her. They are very clearly in love. Katie says, like, we're not the couple, you know, even that you saw right now. Like, we've grown so much as a couple um, in in the last couple months. And, yeah, they just seem like this is a – seems like a good, secure yeah. relationship. Except that like, her good family doesn't know they're engaged. She did not want <laughs> – she was like, like Aunt, I'm not Lindsay. Aunt Lindsay. No, she's like Aunt Lindsay. You will not ruin this for me. You will yeah. not lecture. Blake she's like again. Aunt Lindsay. Will find out when she's being invited to our golden wedding anniversary <laughs> yeah. party. That's what I wanted. The uh, you know how they do like little audience reaction cameras, like we got with Barb in like, yeah. and Hannah. You know, it's like oh, I, I know. I Tasha really and Kaylin used. are like, can we can we get Aunt Lindsay up on the screen right now? And yeah, Kay- Katie's like, no, no, please, please, no. She's like, Aunt Lindsay still regularly sends Blake nasty texts. Just be like, stay away from my sweet niece. Um, Katie uh, thanks Tasha for introducing her to Blake. Really, like some serious matchmaking right there. Never would have happened without Tasha. And Caitlin for picking her up at her lowest point. And I, th- I thought that Katie was doing a little like sly, like would never have done this with Chris Harrison. Yeah, yeah. Thing there, which I appreciated. Yeah, um, she's like, no, really, this was like it had to be this way, guys. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad that Tasha and Caitlin will be back for Michelle's season. Me too. And uh, Blake says he's proud of her and how she carried herself. He says, you're everything I expected. And, you know, the way you carry yourself, it's actually really sexy. And I don't always verbalize it in the best ways. But I guess what I'm trying to say is and there's a bit of a pause, not getting much help from production here. But then 
memorize you. The sweet strains of their song <laughs> floats out over the studio. And if we know anything about Blake, it is that he is basically our generation's John Cusack. <laughs> yeah. So. Or all of the guys in the audience who stand up holding up prop are boxes. Are all also John, also Cusack. John Cusack. Yes. <laughs> and uh, Katie and Blake embrace as their special song plays. Uh, and you know what? It's working. The repetition is getting to me. Memorize You <laughs> might be my favorite song now. Thanks to The Bachelor. It's it's been embedded <laughs> it's deep into my brain, into my soul. And yeah, I've now come full circle and I'm into it. It was literally like three guitar string plucks. And I was like, it's Memorize You by Lane Hardy. <laughs> <laughs> my song. And uh, yeah, any final thoughts on this finale before we wrap up this extremely long episode? <laughs> I just want everything, everyone to be okay. Yeah. And like happy. Like, I just want, I want everyone in the audience to be okay. I want everyone on screen to be okay. I want Katie and Blake to be happy. And I never want to talk about it again. (laughs) Thankfully, we have like a little bit of a break between like this and like the next Bachelor show. It's not like it's like next week or something. You know, we have some time to breathe and like, oh, wait a minute. No, (laughs) it's (laughs) That, I had this moment is. of like, oh yeah, we had a nice break. And I was like, wait, he's lying. No, we're just, it's it's just going to be this until like next May, basically, yeah. or next March. It's fine. Guys, I just need <laughs> Paradise to give us some like F-Boy Island energy. Low stakes. At this point, the, I feel like I experienced the end of a Bachelor franchise, like main show as like essentially like tax season for a tax attorney. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. oh my God, I just got to get through this. And then at the end, like, but emotionally. Yeah. It's like tax season, but with a side of like deep emotional trauma and a desire to please everyone while knowing that you can't. Yeah. So it's just fun, is what I'm saying. It's very fun. <laughs> and now it's time for our final love to see it, hate to see it of the season. Let's start with love to see it. First, Katie's gown. Green really is her color. But more importantly, the proposal she wanted. They are well-matched in some crucial ways. And you know what? After a tough season, it's just really nice to see two people really happy at the end. Yeah, like that is the the one thing that I want out of this show, that my earnest yes. side wants out of this show, that my non-cynical Give side wants. Give me the wants. romance. It's great. <laughs> uh, next, the return of Memorize You. Yes, I am a fan now. Leave me alone. I want to hear it in every episode of this show um, or whatever other American Idol competing country singer they pull out of the woodwork next season. And now it's time for Hate to See It. Lot to choose from here. <laughs> Can we just go with, like, perhaps the entirety of the endless Greg and Mm. Katie hot seat? Yeah. I mean, it just really took me out of that warm and gooey romance and was just deeply unpleasant and upsetting to watch. Uh, Next, Justin. Almost getting forgotten in the mix of this episode. I literally just forgot Literally. Like, it's hard not to (laughs) the way that he is included. And then treated, like, less than a runner-up, which he technically is, uh, then a mid-season send-home with, like, a sassy Bachelor in Paradise arc to come. Like, his whole, like, p- 
place in the show is historic in a way as as a first runner-up uh, who's a Black man. And he's like barely present in this episode. Pretty depressing. <sighs> Hate to see it. And finally, Aunt Lindsay just utterly wrecking Blake over and over again. I mean, there may have been a little bit of schadenfreude love mixed in with this, but... We've got to see, we've got to call it more, more hate to see I, it. I still, it's, in it's this moment, I'm going back and forth over whether I loved or hated to see it. It's a heady brew. Both. 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 Can it, can it fall right in the middle? <laughs> and now it's time for the sex positivity rating. And I'm going to, I'm going big on this episode. As you should. I'm giving it a nine. Katie was sexually satisfied many Many times. times. And she ended up with the guy with whom she loves making double entendres, talking about masturbation, talking about the bedroom, talking about maple syrup. Like, we saw really the triumph of sex sex positivity and sexual chemistry as the things that bring a couple together. And I just think this whole episode is just radiant with sex positivity. And by this whole episode, I mean specifically the parts about Blake and we're not going to talk about the rest. And on that note, that's it for Love to See It with Emma and Claire. Thanks to our wonderful and thoughtful guest, Brett Vergara. Love to See It is produced by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray and Stitcher. This episode was edited by Harry Huggins. Our theme music is by Tamar Haviv and our art is by Celine Chang. Josephine Martirana is our executive producer. If you like the show, please rate us five stars and leave a review. More importantly, tell all of your friends who used to listen to us as Here to Make Friends. Help us get the word out about our new name. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at clarinemmapod at gmail.com with your questions and voice memos. We might even feature you in an upcoming mailbag. You can also find us on Twitter at love to see it pod and on Instagram at clarinemmapod. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at emmaladyrose. And I'm at Claire E. Fallon. We will be back next week for the grand kickoff to paradise. Stitcher. Hey, everybody. It's Rob Lowe here. If you haven't heard, I have a podcast. That's called Literally with Rob Lowe. And basically, it's conversations I've had that really make you feel like you're pulling up a chair at an intimate dinner between myself and people that I admire, like Aaron Sorkin or Tiffany Haddish, Demi Moore, Chris Pratt, Michael J. Fox. There are new episodes out every Thursday. So subscribe, please, and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.